This is the Empowered Athlete Podcast, hosted by yours truly, the one and only Natty Boss, lifelong athlete, sports dietitian, breathwork facilitator, personal development junkie, and holistic performance coach. This podcast is here to change the paradigm of what it means to be a high-performance athlete. The intention and mission of this podcast is to help you create freedom, clarity, and balance in your life while giving you the tools to heal yourself, improve your well-being, and optimize performance. I believe that in order to reach our highest potential in this human experience, we must unlearn and let go of everything we've been conditioned to believe about ourselves and the world so that we can truly tap into what our divine path is and have the courage to pursue the curriculum of our soul. It's my hope that after every episode, you feel activated and empowered to make change in your life that supports you in operating from a place of alignment of who you're meant to be. Get ready for major shifts and transformation. It's time to dive in. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Empowered Athlete Podcast. This is your host, Natty Boss, and I'm excited to bring you this episode today because we have a special guest, Mr. Richie Jewell, who is a pretty new jujitsu practitioner, just recently got his blue belt. He's 29 years young and he really stands to speak to autism awareness. And I wanted to bring him on because his story is really inspirational. And I value when people can, despite adversity, despite when things are quote unquote stacked against them, or at least that's the way society makes it out to be, they still prevail. They still push forward towards their goals and overcome obstacles. And Richie is an amazing example of that. So today we have the honor and privilege to share time with him to kind of just talk about his journey growing up with autism, the obstacles that he faced, what he's overcome and what led him to his recent celebration of achieving his blue belt in jujitsu and what that all means for him. And so we're going to dive right in. So thank you, Richie, for being here today. And I want to start with just telling us a little bit about your background and story growing up with autism, you know, what you've experienced, the obstacles you faced, and ultimately what over time led you to join jujitsu. My gosh. Wow. This is like (laughs) surreal, you know, um, Basically, um, what started for me was um, at age of two and a half, I was diagnosed with um, autism. And as a kid, I used to go to like special schools to learn uh, speech, occupational therapy. I was learning like words and I did. I wasn't verbal at the time. And then after intense OT, uh, doing speech classes and all sorts of stuff for, for me to help improve stuff. Um, what's the best way to do this? Uh, like gain function in a social situations. It helped me a little bit. I had like trouble, like adjusting in schools and whatnot. And, and when I was a kid, I used to get picked on because of the, uh, social awkwardness and for autism and people being misunderstood. So it's been a credible journey since I was a kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry you had to experience that, but I believe these types of things, even though they really suck in the moment, they really help us become who we are today and help us build that resiliency. And it really makes us and helps us build our character. But I'm curious, at what point did you 
start joining jujitsu? What got you interested in jujitsu? Was it something you were interested in as a kid and then came into as an adult or was it just an organic happenstance? Well, it will lead to it. So, um, when I was younger, I was a huge fan of pro wrestling and whatnot. And what led me to that was, uh, one of my friends was a black belt and the owner of the gym, I guess he kind of like stalked my social media or whatnot because he found out I was a huge uh, autism awareness advocate. And he, I guess him and I just hit it off and he wanted to watch the event and the rest was history from there. So I guess I was hesitant at first at joining jujitsu because I didn't know how this whole thing would turn out. Yeah. You know, because I because I for me, I started at age 26, 27 years old. Okay. And I found out like people I thought I started too late. Then then I found out at that point. Uh, most people don't start in there till like late 30s, early 40s. And I was just like, all right, this is not too bad. So, yeah. And so I started from there. And well, at first I did Muay Thai kickboxing for um, for a little bit to see what it's like, you know, gain social interaction because I'm still trying to tip the waters for mixed martial arts and whatnot. Yeah. And then a little after a while, I guess the um, black belt of the gym, his name's Mike Palladino, by the way, and he had to challenge me into a wrestling match and then he him and i were just like goofing around and stuff and the funniest part of the, about it was um at that time he was preparing for a tournament and he had a strained mcl on his knee so and i just instantly kicked him like in the bed and strained mcl knee really hard and what i used in muay thai and I guess he was like, what were you thinking? I was like, I'm just learning what I did in Muay Thai. <laughs> and so from there and everything just kicked off from there. So, yeah. How was your adjustment into jujitsu? Not just transitioning from Muay Thai, but obviously there's a huge social element, you know, involving it yourself in that way. Um, but how was it in regard to body awareness for you? Did it, did you feel like you really developed like a body awareness with jujitsu? What were some of the biggest obstacles that you had to overcome in starting jujitsu that you weren't aware of until you started? Well, first off, my body was sore after probably the first few days of it yeah. for physical activity for that matter. But then after a while, you just kind of realize what you're getting yourself into you know it's like a an amazing program towards the end you know yeah. it's it's so incredible just to go through that and when you first realize you're doing this you're not in it just for like a cup of coffee you're in it just to get yourself disciplined learning how to defend yourself yeah and discipline your mental health and it's so amazing yeah yeah and specifically, were, are there any obstacles that you had to overcome that you feel that maybe were specific to having autism at all? Well, what, thankfully, the gym I go to is very welcoming that I enter. So I'm just like so thankful to 
be walking in and then just don't have to feel like you're crawling, walk on eggshells pretty much, make sure you don't do anything stupid or anything. I just have to be myself. And thankfully, they're very supportive, you know, starting off and then just making sure you learn your way to the top. So, yeah. So, so like you've had a good support system and they oh, were yes. welcoming and they're really inviting and inclusive, which I'm sure made it feel a little bit more safe to enter that territory, which is completely new. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. And what up until this point, maybe physically, emotionally, socially, uh, mentally, what do you feel have been the benefits that you've gained from jujitsu up until this point? Maybe they've evolved since you started, but what were some of the benefits that you feel that you gained? Feel more responsible, very disciplined. And I feel more like relaxed and I don't feel like, um, like going crazy as much, you know, that's awesome. And it's amazing, you know, and I'm not recommending to everybody, but those who haven't tried it should definitely try it at some point just, just to see what it's like, at least for one time to see what it's like. 100%. I agree. So I know that in your past, you were vocal about some of the struggles you've experienced with autism being, you know, periods of depressive symptoms, anxiety. And you just said now that you feel like you're more calm. Um, you don't want to kind of get into those crazy emotions as much since starting jujitsu. How has jujitsu helped you in management, perhaps of the anxiety and depressive symptoms that you may have experienced in the past? Have you noticed that support you in that way? Well, I always look at jujitsu as therapy mm. in some sort of way. Um, I know people have like gone through some stuff and it has helped a lot of people doing this. And, yeah. and then it eliminates every, every like baggage you carry to the gym. And then when, once you're on the mats doing what you do, it just eliminates negativity. And it's just so crazy. Yeah. You know, how much after the workout, you just feel pretty good coming out of it. And it's so amazing just to go through that. And my story is just no different from everybody's. Once you're in, yeah. you train. So, were you training consistently since you started? Um, so, I think for the first month I was doing okay and I was training like maybe three or four times a week. And then the first month I go in, uh, I suffered uh, a first of seizures going in after, and it was on Columbus day. So no one was training that day. I just happened to stop by. I was running with a friend. All of a sudden I just black out in the passenger seat. Just totally blacked out. Yeah. I, I wake up. I see ambulance crew. I see my friends. And I see my mother standing there. Didn't realize what was going on. I had food puke all over me. And I wake up like being in a comatose. Yeah. And it felt like I was coming out of a drunk alcohol uh, state. 
Yeah. And one of my one of my little brother's friends was at, he uh, works with a firefighter. He was at the scene. He says, dude, check your tongue. You just suffered a, a seizure. And I'm like, no, this can't be, you know, I don't suffer from that stuff. And I checked my tongue. I was like, oh, I did. I did, didn't I? And so thankfully I got enough energy to get up my own power, get on the stretcher and get transported to the hospital just to see if anything serious came up. Yeah. And after that experience, what was there like a direct type of, uh, you know, bed rest that you had to do or just like resting? Like, how was that? How did that translate into your jujitsu journey? Did you go back a month later? Did you have to be a little bit more cautious? Well, I think when I was in the hospital, I was just like, you know, I was like, I'm not going to let this stop me. So, so they're doing everything to me. Like, CAT scans, make sure I don't have a brain tumor, ask me questions, make sure I don't have memory loss or anything like that. Yeah. And they're just doing, asking every question I, they could think of. So, and they just said they didn't find anything, but they recommended me a neurologist, which is like scheduled for like few months, like go by. Yeah. And so for that they never questioned if i did jujitsu or not so therefore they didn't ask i didn't cop to it so i went back to training 10 days later nice and so for like a good month and a half nothing was going on and it was just a very good experience i was like okay this might be a fluke yeah and then the second one came along. Oh no. So recap, you tried jujitsu for a month. You had your first seizure. You kind of went back 10 days later. And then a month and a half after that, you had a second one. Yes. It was on December. Okay. Uh, I was shoveling snow and I was just, I felt pretty good. And then all of a sudden I just go take a nap and all of a sudden, it happened again. Yeah. While I was taking a nap. And that just shows you how crazy things can be. Yeah. And so then it happened right in front of my mother. So she woke me up. And I was just like covered in sweat. I was just dazed at that point. Yeah. So, and I'm like, oh, this is serious now. So I got to get the shit checked out. You know, I called my buddy up. I was just like, listen, I'm going to be out for a while. I don't know what the hell's going on. I just had a second seizure. I'm going to be out for a while. So for like a month I was out. So I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know if I was going to do this again. Yeah. I wasn't sure if this is something like serious coming up. And it was a it was a very nerve wracking thing. Cause I didn't know if this was serious or whatever. So. Yeah. And you said up until that point in your life, you never had seizures as a kid. Never had seizures. No, never, never. So that's really, really interesting. So 
after the second seizure, and I'm sure you went to the doctors, got checked up. What was kind of, was there any fear or was there any hesitancy in like starting jujitsu again? Or what was that process looking like? The process for me was, I just want to get this checked out just, just to see what it is. Yeah. Like I had no doubt in mind. I want to come back. I just want to be sure this is nothing like out of the ordinary. I hop, I thought it's dehydration or something like this. Yeah. You know, I was kind of speculable about the first one. And, and then I went to see neurologists and they said it was autism related seizures, which I thought at the time it was pretty impossible since that happened. Then I thought about Jack Travolta, John Travolta's son. That's because that's how he died from it. Oh. And I was just like, oh, shit, this is not good, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so they cleared me for jiu-jitsu, but they told me I would never do jiu-jitsu competitions again. Mm. They would never, I would never drive again. I can't swim alone and I can't do like, drinking alcohol, which is not my forte anyway to begin with. And I can't do marijuana as much. So it's, which is not entirely big deal to me, but, but jujitsu competition to driving was like a, a bad nail of the coffin for me pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. So what was your thought process in when they told you that? You know, what was there any fear that came up? Were you just automatically in the mindset of like proving them wrong and doing whatever you could? Or, you know, what was that process like? It was very frustrating, um, very frustrating, very uh, despondent, pretty much. Yeah. Because after hearing that, you just kind of go, because I was just beginning at that point. So I was like, I was like, this is something I wanted to do eventually just to see what it's like. But now that they told me I couldn't do this, it was just very disheartening. Yeah. And, and I can't even drive anymore. So it was just, it just hurts, you know, just knowing that you can't do certain stuff anymore. Yeah. And then you just get by. So I was out for jujitsu for a month. Okay. And after getting checked out and still just sit in a room with a neurologist told me you can't do certain stuff. Yeah. It just hurts, you know? Yeah. So when they said you couldn't do jujitsu competitions and you obviously went back to class eventually, you know, what was, you know, obviously you just did your first competition. Mm-hmm which is a huge feat, obviously, after hearing what you've just said about, you know, the prognosis saying that you can't drive, you can't do competitions, you know, and you overcome that obstacle and did your first competition, you know, what was your process like leading up to this first competition? Because obviously there's a little bit of a process. You have to sign up for a competition, which means you have to kind of wrap your head around this idea that you are now involved in this competition. Then there's the preparation for the competition. And you know, how did that go for you? What, what well, made you want also, what made you want to sign up knowing that the doctors had, you know, kind of suggested against it, you know, what made you feel like you wanted to try out and kind of overcome this, this obstacle? Well, 
it's a long story, but since we have enough time and make it organic, I'm going to go with this. So around the pandemic, I didn't train as much because of the whole situation that was going on in 2020. So, <laughs> and then, and then by the time autumn came, tournaments were starting up and I saw everyone was competing. I was like, wow, this is so cool. You know, everyone's doing tournaments just to see what it's like. It's, and then you're just realizing you're just rolling with a bunch of strangers and it's a, a very cool thing. Yeah. And then I see people getting like meddling up, you know, gold, silver and bronze, whatnot. And then just to see what it's like. And I'm just like, all right, this is, and then at the same token, it's like, damn, that should be me. You know? Yeah. That should be me. And And so that was like a little barn burner. So all I could do is train pretty much and just not do like competitions. And that was it. So as time went on, I started training and focus on my health and I was taking medicine for seizures and I take a uh, Capra, which has kept me seizure free for a good, uh, as of right now, I'm 27 months seizure free. So nothing, no incidents has occurred since then. Amazing. And, and then as time went on, I started training more like self-defense and whatnot. Then I witnessed one of my friends. Um, her name is Gabby Bruno. She had a, she messed up her back, told, um, Specialist told her she would never do jujitsu again. She rehabbed her spine pretty much. Went to a uh, like a tap out cancer event, which is like a tournament that helps fundraise cancer and whatnot. And next thing you know, she participates in it. She wins a gold medal. Mm. She medals up for it, proving them wrong pretty much. And then, huh. and then I just get this feeling of like, you know. What if? Yeah. What if? Like, why not me? Why not me? And I was just like, that would be me. So, so for the next like few months, I made like a few goals in mind. Try to get clear from doctors. Get a. Whenever I get to blue belt, my one of my goals was to get an autism awareness blue belt so I can carry the symbolism of the uh, disability and whatnot. Beautiful. And, and then finally compete just to see what it's like. Yeah. And, and then just going in, um, so I went to see like various specialists, see if they clear me and um, going in, they didn't, uh, give me the chance to clear me for competitions. They're very, they're suggesting against it say, cause of the adrenaline and whatnot, I wasn't, you know, given the chance to plead yeah. my case pretty much. And so, so, and then I was starting to train more and more, get focused on my health, make sure I'm, nothing happens to me. 
always protect my head, make sure nothing happens to me, yeah. you know? So as time went on, um, probably around after two years of being seizure free, I thought I was like, you know, I think next year is going to be my year. So make it a, a target date, you know? Perfect. So I think I was at my, uh, cousin's wedding at one point and I had a talk with my older brother. He goes, listen, he said, have you thought about competitions? He goes, no, I can't because neurologists won't give me the time of day and, you know, to get cleared. And he goes, you know, I think you should just do it. If you feel they're not giving you the time of day and if this is something you want to do, just go for it. See what happens. And I was like, all right, I'll give this a shot and see what happens. Yeah. And time goes on. Uh, I told my black fellow at the gym that uh, I want to compete. And this is something I want to do. And let's hope for the best of the situation. I don't care if I win or lose. I just want to see, just want to prove them wrong. I just want to do this. Yeah. Even if it's only for one time, just want to do it. And um, that he agreed. He agreed. And he was on my side. So, so good. So, 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 support. so after completing that competition, you know, what was the process like? How many fights did you have the day of competition? How are you feeling? What does that competition mean to you? Obviously, aside from getting your blue belt after the competition, there's probably so much symbolism wrapped up in that. But for you, you know, day of competition comes, it's go time. What was that experience like for you? And what did that competition mean for you having completed it? It's a very funny story leading up to it. I was just battling like infected grown hair way before competition. <laughs> and it was, and it kept me off the mats for almost a week and a half to two weeks yeah. right before the tournament. So I was just doing everything, just like getting rid of it, like skin infections, making sure I was good to go. And technically got cleared a week before. Oh, nice. And so, and then as the tournament got closer, I was like, okay, you know, make sure I don't get injured. You know, I'm just going in, you know, just making sure I'm in this, you know, once I'm there, there's no going back pretty much. Okay. And then I arrive at the venue um, in Newtown, Connecticut. And I go there. I weigh in. I had to lose like 20 pounds for the tournament. I was like 200 pounds. And the weight division for me is 185. And I had to be below it. And I made weight. Wow. Making sure I look. So that weight? Yeah, I lost 20 pounds for it. And just, just to do this division. That's amazing. That is huge. And most people didn't know that because I was just like, like about 200 pounds and I just watched my diet and make sure I train more, like train harder and harder and more aggressive and know what I'm getting myself into. And so I'm at the venue and 
I'm just like, as a competitor, not as a spectator, a competitor. Yeah. And I'm just there. I'm just like, oh my God, I can't believe that I'm here. Yeah. You know, I'm just circling around. I'm just like, you know what? I'm at peace now. And this is, this is what I'm going to do. So my match doesn't come to like a few hours. I'm just sitting there getting warmed up, spectating the room. Yeah. And I'm up against like three other guys pretty much. And so, and then along came everyone. I, I swear to you, um, I literally had close to maybe 35, 40 people watching for my first match. Wow. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't believe everyone's just watching me just to perform, you know. And and I'm doing this against doctor's orders, too. Yeah. And so the black belt of the gym, Mike, goes up to me, goes, hey, whatever happens, we're all proud of you. So I uh, get ready. My first match, I was against the first opponent. I um, gave it all my all. I was winning for the first few minutes um, up to nothing. Then I lost because of a mistake I made, but that's okay. No excuse made. I lost, and that's all that matters, you know? Yeah. Then after the first match, I was like, okay. I did it. Now I got two more left. Wow. And no incident. Second match came. Different guy. Gave everything all I had. He subbed me, submitted me pretty much. Yeah. No excuses there. He got me. So that's all that matters for me. Yeah. Once again, I, I was like, okay, I did it. Just drinking water, making sure I'm doing okay. Yeah. Third guy came. Final guy I was facing. I do a takedown, try to pass my guard, some again in the same move. And I'm like, okay, I'm there. So, and then I lost every single match of the tournament. And at first I was like, all right, I lost, but you know, but then I just realized I came all the way here, you know, yeah, just for this. And I could just remember just like going up to the, going up to the guy. I I was going to go up to the guys and congratulate them and just saying, great job. You know, you beat, you guys beat me just to get a medal and whatnot. Because I've been training two and a half years. They've been training months. So however they're doing this. And uh, the coach said, I'll be back. Don't move. And I'm just like, 
Okay, this is kind of strange. I was just like, all right, I, I guess we're doing a photo op or whatever, group yeah. photo, which is common occurrence for yeah. that. So whenever tournament's almost over, they just, you know, get a group photo, get everyone together, pose with their mouths or yeah. whatever you want to do. So I waited for like a few minutes to go by. I'm just like, this, there's something's up. I don't know what it is, but something's up. <laughs> I just didn't know. I was just so like, I was so relieved at that point. I was like, I did it. I did it. And there's no incidents. Yeah. Then my mentor comes back. He stares at me and gives a speech. We're all proud of Richie. And this guy has been trained two and a half years. He defied against medical experts. All of a sudden, he goes in his pocket, takes it out. It's a blue belt. <laughs> and it has autism awareness colors on it. Oh, that's so beautiful. I didn't know and that. And it's something that I always wanted that's so ever cool. since while training. So, and I dropped everything to the ground, collapsed my knees, and Yeah, it's totally okay. We cry here. Yeah, it's normal. So it's okay. It's a normal cry. So <laughs> you, you've earned it and you really deserve that. And that's such a beautiful, that's, that's so beautiful of your support system and your team to present that to you. It means so much. It's more than just a belt. There's so much meaning behind that belt. And that's such yeah beautiful gesture it, i looked at it and i'm just like crying pretty much yeah because i worked so hard to get there yeah and there's so much adversity behind it and there's a lot of meaning to it yeah and what, what does it mean to you what does it mean to you i'm curious like what does your blue belt mean to you Obviously, there's adversity that you've overcome, but when you look at it, like if there was like one or two words of like what that means to you, what does it represent? Aside from, you know, the autism is one aspect of it, but I'm just curious. Blue belt means you put your hard work in. You gotta, um, you, you've worked your way up to get in the jujitsu ranks, like training for a good while. Like, of course, there's going to be ups and downs for it. Lots of ups, but mostly downs too. <laughs> uh, facing, I'm basically what I did was facing medical experts wrong, and then you're just doubters wrong, it's just saying that I couldn't do this. Like here, here I was at December 2019. I was told that I could never do this. Yeah. And then February 2022, here I am, just competed all three matches losing with an amazing effort and and I just get promoted blue belt right afterwards right in front of everybody right in front of the public yeah and I just went my gosh this is this isn't happening you know yeah I just busted out crying while getting promoted yeah and and then next thing you know I see the competitors 
And the guy who took gold, I said, that's an awesome job. And he looks at my belt and he goes, weren't you a white belt? He says, yes, I was. I just got promoted 10 minutes ago. And he go, I explained everything to him. He said, I was never supposed to do this. I did this because I wanted to do it. I suffered from seizures because of this, because yeah. I have autism. And I'm doing this because I wanted to. And I congratulate you for being me. And you have, and he was like, thank you. Thank you for wearing that because my sister has it. And I appreciate you for wearing that around me. Oh, wow. Wow. That's beautiful. And, and I was wearing an autism awesome rash guard and gi for the tournament just to carry the. Um, yeah, that's your why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And, you know, with that said, you know, being a voice for autism, how has maybe jujitsu shaped your relationship to autism? Has it helped me change your relationship to it in any way? Yes. Um, they say that autism is a neurological disorder for like, it helps lack of speech and um, social situations. Before um, doing jujitsu, I had limited friends, not a lot of friends. I just had like a very small number. Yeah. And now... Now I've doing since Jesus who I've gained friends, a lot of good support. It's amazing. And now just I could just hang out with anyone now because because I'm an amazing support group for martial arts. And I'm just looking back at, at that day now. Yeah. And I'm just at peace right now because I was just because I just did what most people couldn't do. Yeah. People and I did it because I wanted to do this and it's been a bug to me. Yeah. And now that I'm a blue belt, I would like to eventually compete again. Just not right away because I got to learn my yeah. long ways to go. And then who knows from there, you know, it gets I'll still own timing. Yeah. Everyone has their own time. I'm still on a journey. That's going to be a, a roller coaster for sure. Yeah. And it's just amazing. Yeah. Your story, Still, um, your story really is, you know, incredible. And I really commend you for, you know, defying the odds. And so many people can fall into that trap of, you know, becoming those identities. And when somebody or especially people of expertise um, or professionals, you know, recommend something, it can be really challenging to really believe in yourself and go towards your desires, despite what other people say. And, you know, the reward is so much greater when you can not just not for the sake of proving others wrong, but more so just proving yourself right, really coming into this idea that like you are capable and you're not defined by any limitation that 
you know, you were born with or that people uh, diagnosed with that you can still reach your goals and overcome adversity, despite what that label might be. And that you don't have to fall into a certain way of being or certain patterns just because you've been identified as something, right? That's the biggest thing when it comes to stigma around certain um, conditions is like this automatic assumption of, you know, that you can't do something or you're limited, right? And it's like only we get to decide what we're limited by. And you overcoming that and still doing so in a way that was still honoring your condition, you know, but still working towards that goal, that's really important so that, you know, it's an important message so people can really see that we are the only ones that could put limits on ourselves. And if we desire something more, we can also put in the work to overcome it, no matter what adversities in our way, whatever obstacles in our way. So I really think that's so beautiful. And one of the things I wanted to kind of wrap up with was with autism awareness, right? Like what is the message that you'd like people to know or hear about autism to spread awareness and understanding, right? Maybe even especially in the jujitsu community or just in general, like using this as a platform to, you know, spread a message that you really want people to hear or know about autism. Well, this is, this is not just for anyone who has autism for me. It's for everyone who has disabilities or setbacks or whatever. Yeah. Um, basically control your own narrative, um, do what you love and know that if this is something you want to do, you got to do it, do it from what your heart tells you to do. And then, and then see what happens from there. So as long as you put your mind to it, you can accomplish everything and anything that comes to you. I love that. I love that you said control your own narrative, create your own reality. That's so, so beautiful. And of course, anybody who wants to connect with you, um, do you have any resources or Instagram for yourself or, you know, maybe an autism website that you recommend or refer to? Um, whatever that is, you can speak to that now. And then I can also put that in the show notes for people to kind of go to. Um, but how can people contact you? Uh, I right now I have an Instagram at Richie underscore jewel 92. And that's the only way you could reach me right now. Since I'm so somewhat up to date with modern times right now, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And do you have any like resource for autism or anything like that, that you promote, or is there a general website or just in general? No, I just like to do like, um, I'm just me, you know, I'm just, I just like to promote autism just because I just like to be the voice, you know, no websites or anything. I'm just more like me, just helping out. Yeah. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. So if you want to continue to support Richie and just like his mission, again, not just with autism, but he speaks for those with the disabilities or that, like he said, have setbacks and just really letting them have a place in this community in jujitsu and really letting them find their own and being inclusive and welcoming. So if you want to be a part of that, really encourage you to shout out to Richie and follow him on Instagram, hang out with him. And thank you so much for spending your time with us and sharing your story, sharing 
all the things that you've overcome and to get to these amazing milestones in your jujitsu. It was an honor to have you on here and we will see everybody in the next episode. Be sure to share this episode. You know, this is a really powerful message that we have today. You know, this is a powerful story and there's just so much power in story. And I really want to encourage you to share this episode with friends, family, teammates, you know, so we can all get behind this and really as a collective, create a more welcoming, inclusive environment for all to do jujitsu and constantly destroy the narratives of what people think that we're capable of and just constantly grow and evolve and push the envelope. I love stories like this. And the more that you can share these inspirational episodes, then the more that we're all impacted for in a positive way. So please mm-hmm. share this. You can tag us on my Instagram, Body by Boss LLC. And yeah, any final words that you have before we go, Richie? Yes. Um, I just want to thank like um, people who have reached out to me, including yourself. Um, I want to thank my family for supporting my crazy ass journey that I've okay. been in since the hardships I deal with since day one. Uh, and want to thank my training partners and my friends for, you know, believing in me and know that I could do this and supporting me that it's just been one incredible ride, but it's going to be still an incredible ride. And that's why I, always tag made a phrase called jujitsu. So, and this model means like, um, making a spin on jujitsu, but not only that, it's a philosophy of not giving up, just dig deep in your heart and then just believe in what you can overcome. Mm, I love that so much. Jujitsu. <laughs> mm-hmm. Awesome. So good. So good. What a great way to end this episode. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Share some takeaways on Instagram or social. Share it with friends and family, as I said, and we will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and have an amazing rest of your day. Bye for now.